So what it shows us is that the things we do now impact for generations. God has, we know this in scripture, God has at least, when he calls Abraham, he says, in 400 years, your descendants will come here. God has at least a 400 year plan on all of our lives. Mm. And so we're a part, we're, we're impacting generations to come. That's why it matters that you show up to your life right now. We love knowing and keeping secrets. It makes us feel loved. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel valued. But that is the best kept secret. We are loved by the creator of the universe. This season, we are coming together with some of the most confident women that you will ever meet to discover the secret to moving beyond insecurity. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then queen, we've got some work to do. Let's get to it. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I am so incredibly grateful that you have joined me for another episode of The Best Kept Secrets. I truly believe that you're going to enjoy our conversation with our sister, Dr. Heather Thompson Day today. And I can't wait to get into it. But if it's your first time here, I just want to say, sis, (laughs) we have been waiting on you. Oh my goodness. I am overjoyed that you have just joined our community. And it's my hope that you will subscribe and that you will listen to previous episodes. You'll find as you listen that we cry together, that we enjoy the comfort of the knowledge that comes with the fact that we are not alone and that we laugh together. And today, today, y'all, we have a few things to say that may make you giggle or outright go off. When was the last time you heard that word used in conversation? I am on a mission to bring it back. It's a great word. Oh, my goodness. But man, y'all, I am just so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for the reviews that you are leaving on Apple Podcasts. And I do want you to know that I have another giveaway today for those of you who leave a review. Today, I just want to thank my sweet friend, Mia Arrington, for leaving a podcast review. You can find her ministry, A Fostered Love, at Instagram, and I do believe that you will enjoy everything that she's encouraging our hearts in right over there. So I'm going to leave that with you as I read what she wrote. Liv has such a beautiful heart, and she always comes to the table with engaging questions. This podcast will absolutely bless you and add some joy and light into your life. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, sweet friend. You are one of the most compassionate, beautiful hearts that I know, and uh, that meant so much to me. Words of affirmation is my love language, y'all. But more than that, I would love to know which of these podcast episodes are speaking to your heart. 
And I want to ask that because I want to ensure that we are continuing to provide that content. I want to ensure that I'm finding guests that really speak to the need and the questions that you have within your heart as you navigate this thing called life, business, ministry, marriage, family, leadership, whatever it is that you feel the Lord calling you to steward in this season. You know, our guest is the author of It's Not Your Turn, What to Do While Waiting on Your Breakthrough. And she will share with us her newest project that she's working on with her husband, which releases in just a few days at the end of our conversation, but I'm so grateful for how she's come forward to encourage our hearts in the middle of the waiting season, because the truth is that we are all waiting on something. But if I may, I would like to ask you to examine your motives about why you are waiting. Why are you waiting? I have to be honest that in past seasons, I have waited on the Lord to move in my life in large, significant ways because I wanted to prove who I was to others. I wanted to make them say, she's so wonderful. She's amazing and all of that. But I'm so grateful for how the Lord just never leaves us, how his word tells us that he will perfect that concerning us and that he truly does mentor us and teach us according to his righteousness. And so I'm pleased to say that in recent months, (laughs) I have learned to just invite him to be glorified in whatever way that is, however that looks, I have no desire to hear people say, live is so great. I have a desire to hear them say, God is so great. And I know that because of what you shared. I know that because of how I saw him moving through you, but I know he is great. I want to leave them with something so much more powerful than my essence because whoo, Y'all, I am a raggedy, hot mess. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for those who truly do help us to steward spaces of influence well. Just about two weeks ago, Dr. Heather Thompson Day had a guest on her podcast, Viral Jesus, about celebrity culture. And my goodness, y'all, you need to take a listen to it. Because it's a culture that we need to resist more actively within the church. As we prepare to get into this conversation about waiting, I just want to read 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 through 5 over you. I'm reading from the New Living Translation just in case you want to follow along and it says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. 
They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. What do you think of as I read those over you? What comes to mind? An older translation from the New King James Version always comes to mind when I hear verse two, which says, be prepared in season and out. That tells us that even though the time may not be favorable for you, even though it may be that time where you feel as if you are out of the season that God is calling you to, you can still steward it powerfully. In fact, that word, be prepared, comes from the Greek word, ephistemi. It means to be present. What are you choosing to be present in right now? Are you choosing to be present in your study time as you review and learn and research scriptures that will encourage others for that time that he does choose to move you to speak, whether it be the grocery store or the pulpit? Are you present in gratitude? <sighs> because if I'm going to be honest, there are some parts of my life that I have enjoyed a lot of gratitude, but there are others that I have a lot of work to do because I have been complaining a little too much recently. What are you present in? Are you present in the middle of your weight? Are you inviting God to show you how he wants to partner with you in this day? Or are you wasting it all away, waiting on what's coming? Y'all, the time is now. People are turning away from Christianity in droves. And as I was sharing this in conversation with a friend, she asked, are they turning away from Christianity Are they, or are they turning away from attending church? The answer is both. We know that church attendance is, has declined significantly in recent years, especially since the pandemic. However, with the rise of new age practices, people are turning away from Christianity and the word in greater numbers every day. And women, women are among the greatest number of those turning to psychics, saging, and a host of other practices connected with new age spirituality. Why are you waiting? May I ask you that? Why are you waiting? Because when we get to the root of our desire to wait, we will see what is tempting us out of our will to wait. Are you waiting so that others can say, oh my gosh, she is so amazing. Are you waiting to prove others wrong about you? Because if you are, I understand it. I have been there so many more times than I care to admit. However, I'm grateful for how God draws us in, continues teaching us, 
and just mentors us according to his word. Because our weight should always be about opportunities to glorify him further. I love 2 Timothy. If you're familiar with it, you know that Paul is writing it at the end of his life to his mentee, Timothy. And he is writing it from prison. His mentee is a pastor in the city of Ephesus and Christians are being persecuted everywhere. In fact, there was a fire in 64 AD and it was at that point that Nero really began to condemn Christians as he blamed them for the lack of his leadership. Paul is writing these words at the end of his life and he is reminding Timothy that there is a time that is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, that they will listen to those that their ears itch to hear. But you, you, you keep a clear mind. Sis, I'm so grateful you're here because it's here that we encourage one another to keep a clear mind. Waiting on the Lord will be worth it. It will be. It may not be easy, but it will be worth it. And if you are feeling any struggle in the middle of the wait, if you're feeling as if you want to give up, if you're feeling as if it's been too long, if you're feeling as if you can't go further, if you're feeling as if the Lord doesn't hear you, then I want you to know I am here for you because you don't have to struggle through that by yourself. We will pray at any point that we need to. Seriously, hit me up on Instagram. I'm at Candid Live. Come into the Facebook group, the Colorfully Candid Collective, where we encourage one another. Get the tools that you need. Reach out because I want you to know that your weight is going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. If you just hold on. Y'all, I know that was a little deep, okay? I get it, a little deep, but this conversation is one that we need to approach with humility. It's one that we need to approach with a clear mind so that we can walk away ready to put it into practice. Let's get into it. Dr. Heather Thompson Day is an interdenominational speaker and has been a contributor for Religion News Service, Christianity Today, Newsweek, and The Barna Group. She is also the host of Viral Jesus, a new podcast with Christianity Today that has over 100,000 downloads. Heather is an associate professor of communication at Andrews University. She is passionate about supporting women and runs an online community called I'm That Wife, which has over 260,000 followers. Heather's writing has been featured on outlets like The Today Show and the National Communication Association. She has been interviewed by BBC Radio Live and has been featured in an article by Forbes. She believes her calling is to stand in the gaps of our churches for young people. She is the author of eight books, including It's Not Your Turn and I'll See You Tomorrow. 
She resides in Michigan with her husband, Seth Day, and their three children, London, Hudson, and Sawyer Day. Please help me welcome Dr. Heather Thompson Day. All right, y'all, y'all, I am so ridiculously excited about this interview. I can not even tell you how much. I may have low key stalked Dr. Heather Thompson. I'm a stalker Day. myself. <laughs> I resonate. <laughs> um, and so, hey, here we are. <laughs> Heather, how are you today? You know what? I am feeling really good. Minus the fact that I haven't had a McDonald's breakfast sandwich today. Minus that, I am feeling really good. I feel the pain. We are going to get you out of here in time for that sandwich. <laughs> I was. Well, you need your sandwich, girl. <laughs> I was in a line the other day for coffee and I needed uh -huh. coffee badly. And can I tell you, it took them 15 minutes with the car in front of me that I finally had to drive off because I was ridiculously late to the conference I was going to. But I was gotcha. sad. I'm yeah. sad I, coffee. <laughs> so the more time I invest in the line, I made the decision pretty early not mm -hmm. to keep waiting because the more time I invest in the line, the more in, just invested. And it almost feels like if I walk away now, <laughs> I've somehow quit. I have waited at a McDonald's. This is a true story. Last Halloween, I, my husband and I, after we got the kids in bed, after all their candy, I was like, I really want a cheeseburger. And we waited in line for, it was like an hour for a, a single double cheeseburger. But I did it because I said, at this point, Seth, we can't walk away. It was like 45 minutes in. And then we just wasted 45 minutes and have nothing to show for it. No, we will stand our ground. And that is why. And that is why you wrote this book. Yeah, that, that is absolutely it. <laughs> You wait your turn, girl. <laughs> you wait your turn. So, you know, I read this book this past summer and there was a moment that you shared in it, you know, where you retweeted someone from the Barna research group. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I should hit her up. I should, you know, just you shoot my shot. And then I got to one of the last chapters and you talked about how it's your turn to move on, maybe. And yeah. just, you know, just. Just shoot your shot. And so I sent your assistant an email and was like, hi, will she be on the podcast? But I need to tell you that this book just blessed my- But wait, Liv, finish that story. <laughs> okay. So, you know, she mentioned that you are incredibly busy and that I should circle back in the <laughs> uh, January. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. Because this book was a blessing to me. So I'm like, I'll circle back every year if I have to <laughs> wait our turn, sis. That's right. <laughs> but-, but you ended up being, at She Speaks and I had the opportunity to meet you in person. So I see you sitting down and I'm like, this is about to be really, really weird, but she's there <laughs> and nobody else is talking to her. And so I'm just going to introduce myself. And it wasn't and weird then, at all. It wasn't weird at all. And so Liv came up to me and she said, very kindly, your assistant had said that you couldn't do it, but I just want you to know that I did ask. And so of course, face to face, which I want everyone to know if you can grab someone, I tell my students all the time, if you can go face to face, that's always the best way to have a conversation and look at where we are today. So the lesson is find people face to face, look them in the eyes and yes. then shoot your shot. And it will always go so much better. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So we are here to get into a little bit about this book, but I just want to know what led you to write this book and to choose the title as well. It's not your turn. It's such a bold statement. And then of course, mm -hmm. it's just, it's funny that you say that because I, I, I'm going to, I'm able to say this freely just because we're both black because this title Mm -hmm. I thought like, it's just something I had said. It was something me and my black friends had said to each other a lot. We would say like, girl, it's not your turn, but don't worry. It doesn't mean it's never going to come, but it's not your turn. Sit down. Right. It's Mm -hmm. okay. (laughs) And, and I have had so many people I had, I, for some reason, and I do it like I'm, I'm halfway, I do a lot of intercultural communication, but I had a major blind spot on this title because in my circle of friends, this was so acceptable, but I've had a lot of people who aren't black say that it was offensive to them or that mm. it like, it took them a long time to buy it because it, it like choked them. I had one person tell me that they went to therapy just by seeing the title. It was so, Hmm. it bothered them so much. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I really should have called it. It's your turn. (laughs) Looking back, I say, oh my goodness, how many people did I miss? Because they found it to be too aggressive or too bold, as you said. And for me, I found it to be like encouraging. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Honey, sit down. It's not your turn. But even the subtitle was beautiful as well. What to do while you're waiting on your breakthrough. Yes. Yes. So tell us about this book. Yeah. So I wrote this book because I had about, well, honestly, it stems from a couple of things. One, I could not get hired full-time for several years. I teach in academia. I was, if anybody who in the academia circuit knows you go through the adjunct process typically before you get hired full-time. And so I was adjuncting for, I think like five, four or five different institutions. Um, and you, the pay is crap, right? So I'm going to all these different institutions, trying to meet people and be friendly so that hopefully somebody hires me full time. My, I think my husband had just gone back to work. So we were just, it, we were so poor at this time. And I felt in a lot of ways betrayed, um, at least on my deal, I felt like with God, because I felt like I had done everything right. I had always, I mean, I stayed in school. I, I graduated high school in 2005 went straight through and never took a summer off, did about like 22, 23 credit hours a semester, finished my bachelor's degree in three and a half years, went straight into a master's program. I'm now um, at this time that I wrote this book or was, it was percolating for me, was trying to get into a PhD program, been adjuncting all these places and I can't get hired. And at the exact same time, um, one of my best friends, her name is Jewel. um, She called me and she had just got hired at NASA. And I was like, what? I mean, it felt like, Everything just came to a screen because Jewel, and she won't mind me saying this. Mm-hmm. I love her and she is so wise. And I talk about her all the time, but she did not do everything right. We took very different paths. I will say she is extremely charismatic and just so great. So I'm, I'm not surprised at all yeah. that NASA hired her, but it was just like, are you kidding? I, I didn't even think she yeah. had her master's degree yet. So I was mm-hmm. just like, wow. Okay. Lord, like I am great for Jewel. We are so happy for Jewel, but what about me? And that's immediately what I felt when I heard her say that. And I just really felt like the Holy Spirit said, Heather, it's not your turn, Mm -hmm. but right now it's Jewel's. So Mm -hmm. sit down and we're going to clap for Jewel. And we're going to show up for your friend because that's your friend Mm -hmm. and we're happy for her. And so that's what I did. And so it just became something that my friends and I would say to each other, if we, especially when we got into blogging and book writing, we would just say, you know what, it's not your turn. That's okay. It doesn't mean your your turn won't come. Mm -hmm. And so it just became kind of like the symbol of a season for me And that book was rejected. I don't even know 30 times probably. 
mm-hmm. from different publishers and did fairly well. We outsold our advance, which is not normal. So at I just want to encourage whoever is in a season where it feels like sit down, then just sit down, take a seat and decide what, what is available to me right here from my seat, mm-hmm. right? I'm not where I want to be, but that doesn't mean that you're not somewhere very valuable to your character. And how do we start taking in this season? How do we learn? And scripture says, if you haven't learned how to run, um, if you don't run with men, how can you run with horses? Mm-hmm run with men, run the race set before you. And I promise you, as you learn and become acquainted with that space, you'll keep moving to to other spaces. Mm. If you stay in the line. So good. I think we have all had those, you know, areas of situations that continue to come around, right? They're cyclical. They're never, we're never done with them where we're just like, really? Wow. Okay. Okay all right, I'm going to keep waiting, you know? Yeah. And so I appreciate this book. And it's painful. I don't want to make it seem like I didn't, like I genuinely had it out sometimes with God and I genuinely felt forgotten. But I will tell you today, and this is the annoying thing that everybody says that you don't always experience when you're in it. So I just, I guess like if you could take my word for it, friend, Mm -hmm. you will get to a place where you look back and you say, I I can tell you, honestly, I wouldn't change it because Mm -hmm. the situations I found myself in today, I have developed integrity. Like I know it. I know who I am, right? Without people applauding for me, I know what it feels like to stand up and give my talk into a homeless shelter with people on their heads on the desk that don't want to be there, literally saying, who are you? I know what it feels like to show up and say, I was called to be here, even if nobody cares or gets it, I know this to be true. And I'm not doing it for applause. I'm doing it because God has called me to it. I know that walk, right? And there's something so valuable in it that will sustain you into situations that you can't even fathom because you just don't know, you haven't been there yet. So trust the Lord, trust him to spend time preparing you in darkness. I love that. Oh my goodness. Integrity is everything to me. It, it so is that everything. was a theme that you spoke to. And I was just so grateful that you did, you know, in one of your first chapters and it's your turn to wait. You talked about your grandma who mm-hmm. went back to school, uh, in her 70s. 70s. So you talked about how you can't rush experience and how God mm. knows how to play the long game. My goodness. Can you talk about this and just what you've learned about how you can't rush experience? Yeah. So that I'm not the wise person who said that my mentor said that to me. Um, And he said, I just remember one day he said to me, Heather, what if you have everything? What if you have all the talent? What if you have all the things? Because at this point, I'm just trying to write a book. That was my dream. That's always been my dream. Um, And he said, what if you have all the talent? What if you're, what you're waiting on is experience and your experience, sister, it can't be rushed. And that was, I think the first time that it connected with me that it like this stage that I was in that I so much, everything in my being felt crushed by that it mattered and that it wasn't a waste. I kept thinking like, well, my life doesn't start here. My life starts out there. And once he said that, I realized, no, this is it. Being fully present and available to this moment and showing up for people in this moment. Yeah is what matters. There's no next. We, we only ever really have this next is an illusion 
that is supposed to make you feel like there's that you're always in something less. But I'm telling you, every moment that passes through your hands, there's no past yeah. and there's no next. There's only right now. And so what are you going to do with your right now? And a story from my own family that I found to be very encouraging throughout my doctoral program, because there, th that was a whole other conversation. I, I just remember in the beginning of my doctoral program, they were like to our cohort, you know, um, you might not want to get a pet during this time, because it's really stressful. You don't want to take on ad additional responsibilities. I had three children throughout my doctoral program. Yes. Um, and it was, and I'm not going to, it was horrible. And I sometimes feel bad because I, I have very little memory of my middle son, Hudson. I have very little memory of his like infancy state. I can't remember it. And I think it's because I was under so much stress. I would get up at 5am, have worship and spend time with God and then go through the day with my kids, put them to bed by seven. And then at seven from seven to midnight, every night I did my garage school work. It was just a really intense time in my life. And I didn't think I was going to make it. And I remembered this story that has always been told in my family about how my Nana, who always wanted a college education, ended up being a single mom, not by her choice and um, had already, she had had 10 kids. And so she made sure black woman raising 10 kids through the inner city of Boston, she made sure that every single one of her children got college educated every, I mean, which is just, it, it, again, it testifies to the Holy spirit and God, this is absolutely like a, just a God fearing woman. Um, she put every one of her kids through school. And then once her, her youngest finished, she said, okay, now it's my turn. And she had always wanted to go to school, but she couldn't, she had to wait her turn. She let every one of her kids go. And so she applied and got accepted to Harvard at 70 and studied education, which is just for me. It's like that story. I just remembered thinking throughout my PhD program, like if my Nana could do this at 70, yeah, yeah. you can do this right now, Heather. Yes. It's hard. You got three yeah. kids. She had 10. You yeah. can do it. <laughs> you yeah. have what it takes. So it was just a really inspirational thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I honor you and the work that you've done, even as you raised Thank your you. babies and those grandmamas and those mamas that came before us. Right. My grandma yeah. never yes. went to Harvard. She had seven children, but she made sure that each and every one of them were well educated, even though she didn't have an education herself. She made sure that each and every one of them went to college, that each and every one of them, you know, had something for their families. And so I just honor those that went before it's us. Incredible to show us that it's possible and love and it that doesn't it that live story. doesn't it show you the trajectory of <sighs> truthfully had my nana had your grandma not made the choices that they made would we be where we are today it is very possible that we wouldn't so what it shows us is that the things we do now impact yeah. For generations, God has, we know this in scripture, God has at least, when he calls yes. Abraham, he says, in 400 years, your descendants will come here. God has at least a 400 year plan on all of our lives. Mm. And so we're a part, we're, we're impacting generations to come. That's why it matters that you show up to your life right now.
That's why it matters that you show up to your life right now. Yes. My goodness. You talked about so much in this book that we literally do not have the time to talk about. <laughs> I want to keep this conversation going on forever. But you know, one of the things that you shared in one of your later chapters about how it's our turn to re-envision God is that jealousy can blind us and blur our vision. Can yeah. you speak to this? Our conversation will be back in just a moment, but for right now, I want to ask, are you the creative, the queen, or the conqueror? Could you be all three? I want to invite you to head over to liveduly.com and take the confident collaborations quiz. Together, we are going to walk in our calling more confidently than ever before and engage in kingdom collaborations. This two-minute quiz will help you identify your strengths and even a few areas of growth to help you be everything that God designed you to be. It's at liveduly.com slash quiz, and you can find the link in the description below. Yeah, I am. I'm even more convicted on this point in my recent days. Um, This is something I talk about with my therapist all the time. I am a big proponent of therapy. I think for myself, I am, and you're in a teaching profession, so you'll resonate with this. I spend so much of my day focused out there on everyone else. And so I just want to say to anybody listening, who's like, this was how I was. I said, well, I don't need a therapist because I'm pretty highly functioning. I have a lot of friends. I have a healthy social life. Like I don't need it. But what I've discovered is almost all of my relationships are about, are very much like me in a supportive role because it's just my personality, right? I can't help it. <laughs> and I'm t- a teacher, so I'm constantly serving other people. Um, so therapy for me is a time that I serve myself. And it's a t- it's like the only time that I sit down and say, who are you? What do you want? What is making you happy? Because somebody's asking me, right? So I just want to encourage people. It's so important. And one of the things I do in therapy is talk about jealousy and the thing, the social comparison, which by the way, is normal. I teach communication. We are wired to compare ourselves. It's actually one of the four sources of our self-concept. We decide who we are always as social creatures based on, on how we stack up against other people. So it's actually normal for us to do this. However, I think it is unhealthy, right? I think we have to talk back to ourselves on this thing because at the end of the day, Beth Moore just put this on her Instagram the other day. And I said, I love you. This is brilliant. She said, we have to be very careful about who we hate because Mm -hmm. 10 times out of 10, it's somebody that God really loves. And he tends to take it really personally. And I can say, I have seen it. I think I really saw this as a teacher because I always had females sit in my office and talk about whatever's going on on campus, whatever drama, other girls and stuff like that. And I just, I realized as I, because it wasn't me doing it, even though I do do it, when I was listening to other people do it, I was like, this is, this can't be good for our prayers. Like how this has to be hindering our prayers when we're wishing ill (laughs) essentially on somebody else's success or on somebody else's relationship or on what somebody else has, thou shalt not covet, right? We can covet people, not just their things, but their relationships and their success and their, whatever it is, it's sin. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. And so how do we talk back to that within ourselves? And so something I've started doing 
probably since, cause I, it's really weird. I thought when I'd write this book, I thought that it was going to cure me. I really, truly did. I thought that it would come out and I would never struggle with these things again. And it kind of shocked me. It was like a surprise to my system when I felt myself going to the same patterns that I've always gone to and seeing somebody else get a New York times bestseller. Well, I'm not a New York times bestseller, right? Like I, I, then I feel like I start questioning things about myself. So I have had to first, as soon as I feel it, I process it. And so I'll either, if I'm not with my therapist, I'll just go up to my room or go on a walk by myself. And I'll say, Hey, I always tell the Lord, I confess it. And I say, God, like I am struggling. I feel like this person doesn't deserve it. Or I feel like this person was mean, whatever it is that makes me feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. I say, God, I'm feeling this emotion of jealousy. And I'm, I just want to confess it to you and help me work through it. Help me to be able to genuinely pray for this person and mean it. That's something that's important to me because I don't want to, I don't want things hindering my prayers. Yeah. And I genuinely, it's important to me to be the person that people think I am mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. Like when nobody's watching, I want to be that person. Mm-hmm. And so it's an, it's an ongoing thing of confession before the Lord. And now, and I'll, I have like, I'll tell my husband, I'll, I'll typically tell another person just cause it's like an accountability thing. And not everybody has to do this and you don't have to tell everything, but I will say to my husband, like, Hey, I, I, I saw this, whatever on Instagram, and it made me feel jealous. And then he'll just talk it through with me. And I'm telling you, I used to not tell anybody those types of stuff. I'll tell my best friend, Scarlett, to our bimbo. And now that I make it a practice, it doesn't control me anymore. Like an emotion, a jealous emotion that used to maybe sit on me for like a month or two months because it was just me and myself. Mm-hmm. Now, after I confess it to the Lord and I talk about it with my husband or talk about it with Scarlett or bimbo, I'm not kidding days, maybe a day or two, three, and it's just gone. And I move on mm-hmm. and it feels really good. And so yeah. I want other people to know yeah. there is freedom yeah. from these things. There we don't have freedom. to just sit with it on ourselves. Yeah, there is freedom. Oh my goodness. You know, it was so funny. <laughs> it's so funny how God convicts our heart, right? I appreciate yeah. your transparency and how you shared that this is something that you're actually walking through right now. Yes. Because as I was reading this book, there were so many things that I was just like, okay, okay, yes, let's keep going. Okay, I needed that. And when I got to jealousy and, you know, just <laughs> I, missed, I was just like, oh, I don't deal with that the breaks. Oh. <laughs> and then, and then sis, about two weeks ago, one of my friends from college moved here and I knew she moved here because in her stories she posted my dream neighborhood and it was only a flash but I know that neighborhood Mm -hmm. in five seconds and I was like she's there not only did she move to my city which I love but now I'm not the only one here anymore (laughs) (laughs) she's living in my dream neighborhood. And what was so crazy, something that I didn't really think that I struggled with was right there, you know? And so I just mentioned that I appreciate this book, but I appreciate the practicality of it. The reminders that we just, you know, can never hear enough of and the encouragement that we find through not only your stories, but the stories that you share of the women at the end of the book, you know, who just talked about how they walked through different seasons of their lives, learning to wait on the Lord. And so- It's just powerful. It is just powerful. If you could just encourage our listeners today, what's the one thing that you would want them to take away from this book? 
Yeah. I think the number one thing I want people to know about this book is that it's always your turn. It is always your turn to show up to your life. Mm -hmm. Even if I know, I don't care what you feel. Mm -hmm. I want you to know it is always your turn to show up to your life. And this season won't be wasted. And the more that we just, all I do sin, by the way, the, the Greek word for sin, it's hamartia. And it means to miss your mark. And so now when I wake sin is literally just missing your mark. What is the mark you're supposed to hit today? For me, sometimes that looks like folding my laundry. That's the mark. Like it, so I'll, I'll say, okay, God, let me be in your will today. Let me be fully present. I'm not going to worry about what's next. What is before me today? That's getting on this call with you. That's getting on a call later. That's going to a meeting and it's taking my kids to the fair tonight and not getting on my phone, but watching them on the rides and laughing, right? Like that's what's in my hands. And it matters that I'm present and faithful to what's before me and not always looking to what I wish was here. I'm telling you, living like this changed my life. I just wanted to take a moment there, y'all. <laughs> it will change your life. It will. It will. Life. Not in an instant. Not in an instant. Uh, we have an instant gratification culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it, over time, I'm telling you, I look back. And I, I can't believe where God has taken my life in the last, mm. actually seven years, probably since I started saying it's not your turn. I can't believe it. Mm. Well, I am just cheering you on. It's such an honor to Thank just be so connected much. to you on Instagram to just have a tiny glimpse into the what the Lord is doing in your life. You are encouraging so many lives and making such a difference. And I just appreciate who you are in this world and your choice to use your voice. So I wanted to make Thank sure. Thank you, sister. I appreciate I you that. too. I have a couple of quick questions. I okay. like to call them secrets. They're not really secrets, but we like to act like they are. What is one thing that you're doing to really just slow down, to make a practice? Is there anything that you put in your space or anything that you do in a routine to just help you remember to slow down? Yes, I go running twice a week. Um, I run about four miles twice a week in that. And I walk constantly. I walk every single day, but that is a re I, this was years ago. It was in my PhD program. I really felt the Holy spirit say, don't stop running. And it's it, your body goes through so much buildup of stress. And so you have to have some type, I believe of physical practice that reduces stress in your life. Cause else it will, for me, it'll come out in anxiety and I'll feel choked by it. Mm -hmm. So to stay physical as much of whatever that looks like for you, if that's just going on a walk, if it's riding a bike, if it's whatever, do some type of physical activity. It will help your mind slow down and process and release some of that stress that builds up in all of our lives. Yeah, so good, so good. All right, I'm not gonna ask you if you are listening to a podcast or reading a book right now because you have a podcast and oh. I just saw <laughs> that you are beginning to host um, individual interviews. But, sorry, that's not the episode. Right solo episode. Solo episode. I'm so <laughs> excited about it. Like, what? Okay, tell everybody about your podcast and just how they can get connected to it. Yeah, so my podcast is Viral Jesus and essentially, I just want, I'm a communication professor and I just want Christians to be mindful of their communication, both online and off. And so we talk to people who I think do communication about various topics. 
um, really well. And we get advice from them and then we try to apply it to our own lives. So I, I love this show. I'm super passionate about it. And we are starting solo episodes, which I did not intend to do when I started, but we're, we're on season three. And my producer said, I think it's time that we do some solo episodes. So I'm doing it. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I hope people like it. We will. We will. And you know what I love about it is that it's going to do help you do us solo episodes, Liv? I do. I do. do. Solo and, okay. And it, it helps me to share some stories that I may have wanted to share, but didn't want to take away from the guests, you know? So I think they are important, yes. but I'm excited because sometimes when I'm listening to your show, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Say more <laughs> on that, Heather. And I love your guests. So I understand why you want to keep, you know, talking to them and asking them questions, but I'm like, no, back up, speak to that more. So I'm excited about your solo episodes and I will definitely share the link to everything down below. Y'all. Thank you. So I appreciate you it. Connected. Ah, uh, what's one thing you're looking forward to other than the fair tonight? What? A uh, why? Thing. Why does it have to be other than the fair, Liv? I love the fair. I just, I just wanted to know if there was another thing. Oh, um, okay, so what I are am, you gonna eat at the I, fair? How about that? To, I hit the corn dog booth every single time. I have okay. to get a corn dog. I have to hit the okay. steak tips and potatoes, and I have to get this fried cheese. So that's the fair. I'm very excited about going to the fair tonight. I also have a book coming out October four hey. called "I'll See You Tomorrow," and I wrote it with my husband. And so I'm really, it's not a marriage book. I just asked him to write it because he is my personality opposite. And where, where I say, I, I tend to be more extroverted. I tend to be more trusting. And he tends to be extremely introverted and skeptical of people and relationships and motives. And so I wanted his perspective because the book is on relationships. Okay. There's so much out there right now about boundaries, which are important and, and knowing when to leave. But I wanted to write a book about knowing how to stay because mm. I think we have to be very careful we're, we're just in a culture where my students all the time are like, well, it's, that's not on me or, um, you know, that's not my problem. I'm like, well, who's, whose problem is it? Mm-hmm. Eventually we have, we need a culture of, of accountability and responsibility to each other. Right. So not every, some people are toxic. Absolutely. But I personally believe most people aren't right? We're often doing the best we can with the tools we have. So how do we stay? How do we not let jealousy ruin the relationship? How do we not let a fight or a conflict destroy a beautiful relationship that could go on for years and years and years? I want people to have tools on how they can stay. So powerful, especially in a society where we pride ourselves on how quick we can cut people off. Exactly. Let's be people who stay. Honey, we need this As a church, can we? Can we? Can we? <laughs> I'm linking it down below. I'm heading over to buy pre-order my copy. Y'all support oh, thank you. sis. Support sis. Thank you. <laughs> Will you pray for us as we prepare to Oh, come? I would be honored. Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you um, for Liv and for her having the energy to get up at six in the morning and record podcasts for you, Father. Um, I pray that you will multiply the gifts that you have given her as she hands over to you faithfully what she has done. And I pray for the person listening, Lord, I pray that they would slow down, that they would be able to recognize what's right here in front of them. I pray that your spirit would stir their heart to see the beauty of what is, and that they may hand it over to you, father, that you may multiply it. It's what you do. You're a multiplier father. And so may we just start faithfully living with integrity with what we have. And then let you do what you do best in your name. Amen. Amen and amen. 
That just blessed my soul. And I pray that you can say the same after this conversation. If that's the case, would you be so kind as to head over to Apple Podcasts or Audible and leave a rating and review? It would truly support this podcast and let the guests know that you value their time. I know I do. Now, in between our time here on the podcast, I do want to let you know that I am at Candid Live on Instagram and at Live Duly on YouTube. It would be an honor to do life with you. I look forward to the next time. Love you.